This episode of Good Sheilas is brought to you by Perifit. Perifit is a Kegel exerciser that lets you control video games with your pelvic floor. I say Kegel. Who cares? Anyway, who cares? <laughs> fun. So gone are the days of boring Kegel exercises that we either hate or neglect doing completely. Hooray! Perifit are offering Good Sheilas listeners a 15% discount on their products. Just apply the promo Good Sheilas at checkout and treat yourself to a strong pelvic floor. I haven't wet myself all day. <laughs> Good for you, babes. Yay. <laughs> Fun fact about Bron. Bron was exhausted and in the cafe and feeding little baby Olive, who is now a giant girl of seven, sitting, staring into the distance, absolutely exhausted. And all of a sudden she realised that her boob was pretty cold. <laughs> she looked down to see that Olive was fast asleep and had been so for a while and that she was just sitting there in the cafe with her titty out. <laughs> he just, he hasn't done it. Oh God, just here it is. It's a tit. It's get a tit. on board. Get used to it. Yeah, exactly. Get involved. <laughs> yeah, I've done plenty of the like baby pulls off and then there's a gigantic milk spurt like a milk fountain oh, done many of them yeah. get away from me <laughs> terrifying <busy>. woman Hello and welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes us tick. I'm Bron, a comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're long-time friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the guts. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for Good Sheilas! Mate! mate. (laughs) Mate, how are ya? Oh, I'm all right. This week, Victoria is having a beautiful milestone, and that is six months total of lockdowns since the pandemic started. That is revolting. It is revolting. So now, how how you feel? How are you feeling personally? (sighs) Look deep within yourself. This this lockdown, I'm doing a lot better than last time. Last time, I was like, I am crumbling, and everything is fucked. But this time, um, this time I'm just being a little bit more kind of retrospective about it, a bit calmer. I'm doing things like meditating a lot and like exercising a lot and only weeping into my hands sometimes. Yeah, good. You do seem much better this time around. Last time yeah. you were such a wet blanket about it. I was. I was I, such a party person about it. I was exactly. so like actually clinically depressed. That was yeah. Cool. I was like trying to bask in the sunshine and the freedom of Queensland and I was like, Claire, you're really bringing me down <laughs> you're you down and read the room <laughs> <laughs> no you do seem much better about it but what so that's you personally what about the vibe of old poor old victoria oh it's pretty grim the other day i was riding my bike and i passed a woman walking down the street just weeping i was like fuck man oh. everyone's just i think it's just it's just grim everyone's just fucking sick of it it's the middle of winter and no one wants to be doing this anymore so we're very cross at gladys fuck you yeah gladys. yeah it, i'm furious at gladys like how did she do this so how badly fuck it up so bad i mean it's in and adelaide she... now there's a breakout in yeah. adelaide mm. um new south wales is locked down uh you guys have just come out of lockdown right Oh, come on, Brisbane, shut up. We're just like, we do nothing. We do, it doesn't happen here. It doesn't really happen. We had a three-day lockdown. I think it was extended for 24 hours. There was absolute outrage. Who cares? Um, we, we have to wear masks, but again, who cares? Every shop, like if you forget your mask, you walk in, you're like, I don't have my mask. And they're like, oh, we've got spare ones. They're like, it's fine. We don't care. It's, <laughs> it's not, No one cares it's not about real. anything. <laughs> no, it's, but it's like. It's, it's so easy and like I forgot my mask to pick up the girls from school and I was like oh god and I was so nervous that I was like you know that someone was going to say something to me um but that like half like the parents Bronwyn, were wearing their masks. Why is your tit out? 
Yeah, put it away. I was sick of it. And I was like, someone hold it. Put a mask on it. So I, I, um, I, yeah, up here is like, it's not, it's not a thing. But Western Australia, they're like, <laughs> new state, who this? Like, they did not give a shit about any of it. They're just like, well, we don't care. You guys have ignored us forever. forever. We will ignore you guys forever. We're like, that's cool, Perth. And they're like, yeah, bye. So we've got um, Perth, uh, West Australia doesn't really care. Queensland, meh, Northern Territory, everyone is terrified of it happening in the Northern yeah, Territory. Yeah, gosh, because of the communities. But now, like... Uh, you know Melbourne poor old Melbourne Sydney like a little bit suck shit Sydney but also oh god it's terrifying what's happening with Sydney it's all terrifying but everything is fine Bron this is what I've realized everything is fine and the world is just a beautiful bubble and we're floating through space these are the kind of um, meditations I'm I'm doing they're oh really? really yeah I would they're transcendental feel, <laughs> I would hate them so I'd be if like, anybody wants space. to send me some magic mushrooms I'm going through a journey in space and time that sounds so I would I would feel so patronized by that what Bro, somebody telling you that space. you're floating through magical space yeah I'll be like no I'm not I'm sitting in my room ignoring my kids what can we <laughs> no, can I'm you not. pour I'm me a drunk. wine <laughs> <laughs> exactly what do you mean <laughs> But this is going to be a good episode, Claire. Like oh, we no, it's started not. Off, I, well, that, I, like, I'm going out on a limb because we've, we've started angry. We've started a bit angry at Gladys, but she was always <sighs> going to get her anger because she's a fucking liberal. And I'm just kidding. But she is, and I'm not kidding. So we are going to talk about a few things. One is the enormous, like, the gaping divide that will forever be in between people who are doing something for the greater good and people who are doing something for the rich people so like going into space like space and so we are going to talk about a bit about those two things today and we're also going to touch on the personal which is nothing to do with the first two because why would we make it cohesive why would we have a co- why would we have why? any segues why would we have a linear narrative Segu. It is. This one is. Um, we're going to talk about accepting help. We are both very bad at accepting we're help. We're very bad at it, which is which is gobsmacking. Because if there's ever been two women, we need more. <laughs> I, know. I know. Just watching two ladies drown. Oh, like, no, we're exactly. fine. We're <laughs> fine. <laughs> Brian, put your shirt on. I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we're gonna. Oh, so this is what the episode is today. We're gonna kick it off by actually something that's happened in Brisbane, Claire. That's right. Something happened in Brisbane, and I want you something to shut up. Something happened in Brisbane. Something happened. Was what it happened? Sea World. It- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. And now the next segment. No, it was. Moving on. That's it. Done. Thank you. Brisbane's finished. No, no, it wasn't. It was actually, and it was, you know, disappointing. It was disappointing. I would really hope that I was going to come to this table and be like, hey, how cool is this? But it's not. Is a horrible bloke um, called John Coates. Have you heard of him, Claire? I have. He's the president of the IOC, and I know this because I Googled it. Good. What does the IOC stand for? The International Olympic Committee. Wow, and so relevant. And the words, and the, well, it is relevant because the Tokyo yeah. Olympics are on right That's now right. and they are a disaster. There's an outbreak, multiple outbreaks in the athletes' village. People are being sent home willy-nilly. And commentators are very fairly asking, should this have happened at all during a pandemic? But what Absolutely has Anastasia not. Palaszczuk done to the horror of Australians, particularly those who cannot go home to their families, who are stranded overseas? Where is she, babe? She has said, well, she's here. She's like, I don't want to go. I'm yeah. not going. Yeah. I don't want to go. And he said, uh, so John Coates, he said, you will go and you will go to the opening ceremony and you will go to the closing ceremony because that is tradition. You cannot hide from from your responsibility to attend this. And the context of the tradition is that Brisbane has just won their bid for the 2032 Olympic Games. Big deal. Third time it'll be in Australia everybody pumped because we love sports mm. balls yeah um, we do we do we love it and we'll talk a bit more about that after this because it makes me furious but mm. um but uh palaget initially was going to go and she was i think quite rightly criticized by the australian media and the australian yeah. public for you know going to an international sporting event when there are tens of thousands of australians stranded overseas and we're in the middle of a global pandemic 
And um, her counter argument was, well, you know, if we're going to make this bid and if we're going to um, host the games, there are a whole bunch of expectations and traditions that go alongside that. Um, but now she's like, LOL, LOL, Delta is really wrecked and probably I shouldn't go when half of the country is locked down. So what did John Coates say to Palaszczuk when he talked down to her like a cheeky little schoolgirl? Like he, yeah, he spoke to her like he was her teacher. She sat there. She, this is the premiere of a, a state in Australia. She was sitting there with her mask on and she just had to listen to this tired old man say to her, you will go and you will attend this and you have, have you, and he said to her, have you ever been to an opening ceremony? Oh like who the fuck God. has been to one? Like, no, of course she was going to say no, unless she was Kathy Freeman, she was going to say, no, I haven't been to one. He was like, exactly. He was so patronising. He was like, and that is why you don't understand that like $100 million goes into these events and it is important that the, that the right people go. So and the internet doesn't exist and YouTube is not yeah. a real thing and you cannot watch it. Yeah, exactly. So what he is saying, so this is where, this is how part, uh, you know, thir- uh, 66% of our episode has a theme today. And it is. And it's the Olympics. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Good. No, it it is. um, It's. Do you do what is right for everyone, or do you do, or do you appease traditional values or tradition, like traditions, or do you appease the people who've got money? That's probably the better thing. Actually, part of the conversation around um, what we do in terms of seeking help actually does align with this, Bron. I think we found a linear narrative because a lot of kind of the burden of being a woman is something that you should do without sharing it. So actually, this is a beautiful, cohesive episode. You're welcome. My God, I'm so pleased we worked that out before we recorded. (laughs) We're very, very professional women. But one thing that just struck me about Coates' argument is that Palaszczuk isn't going to be Premier of of Queensland in in, in 1932. Wrong year. 1984. 1984, Claire, we're still there. We're still there. Uh, it's you know it, so there's no that there's just it's a ridiculous argument it's just and it's, it's not as if the premier is going to be designing the opening ceremony it's just well, yeah really well, if i think about it he's just i i don't really understand a lot of his things so i know that he's just this old lawyer who is now involved in the olympics and if you think about it what and what a redundant role like yeah, that exactly. is his whole life is the, the olympics, olympics. Exactly, and he went. So he went to law school forever, and then he got. Then he landed a job that makes him work once every four years, unless there's a pandemic, and then it's once every eight years. And then you let all these people just die. I've got every single fact in there, absolutely spot on. And then exactly. (laughs) So I don't actually know his job, but I imagine he's very protective of it. And when you're a rich white man who's been to law school, you yeah, you are like you are like no, my job is the most important, and And it. does change this, lives and you fools you tiny fools have no yeah. idea so you will go to the opening ceremony and you will not hide in your room and you will attend it and you will do what i say and that's the end of that go to your room go to your room anastasia you've been a naughty girl it's just hey, we all, oh, the, just yeah. the paternalism and the oh it's really really upsetting you know what good for her i mean it's a really challenging thing to change your mind and it's even harder to do it publicly. So well, I wonder what's going to happen now. She's kind of, you know, she is. She's changed her position in, you know, in the face of new information, and and that's really admirable, especially as a politician. Yeah, but what a way to speak to someone who's supposed to be the leader of a state. I know. Just so dismissive of her. That it entirely. is Queensland. So yeah, she know. shouldn't be allowed to speak. She should, Shh. especially also she's a woman. So a Polish that's minus fifty points. Right. Yeah, <laughs> an immigrant, probably a boat person. Who are we kidding? Are so, we kidding? why are we speaking? Turn speak- this off. Why are you listening? <laughs> speaking of boat people, three, <laughs> three men who've got an enormous amount of money and probably many boats themselves, and many, they are many. people. They are changing the world, Claire. They're changing it. Thank not God. for the better and not for everyone, may, no. might I add. The blokes I'm talking about are Bezos, Branson and Gates. Uh, three of the richest blokes who have ever been and hopefully will ever be because I really hope that our plans to uproot capitalism and destroy um, the patriarchy are forthcoming. Mm. But let's talk about the net worth because 
when we talk about billions of dollars i think it's it it's quite mind-boggling to understand what a billion dollars means so yeah it's like when you're how much are these blokes worth mate well, let me just tell you, I just wanted to say that, you know, when you're a little kid and you're like, I were, uh, when I'm older, I'm going to earn one gazillion bedillion dollars. And then everyone's like, whoa. So when we talk about what these guys are w- worth, that's what it feels like. They've just made up these figures. So collectively, their net worth is worth over $400 billion. And let's contextualize this, okay? We we can we can we can kind of understand conceptually what a million is, right? If you counted to one billion at an average speed and you did that for twenty-four hours a day, it would take you ninety-five point one years to count to one billion. Isn't that just extraordinary? It's just <laughs> a ridiculous fact. It is ridiculous. It's so it is these are these are that numbers that are so large that we can't even conceptualize them. And these blokes have, have many, many of them. So Elon Musk is at the top. His net worth is 160.7 billion US dollars, which is just extraordinary. Yeah. And he is off to space. Just like the other blokes. Yes, he is. Of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? Why because he be? what a good yeah. time. Bill Gates, he's worth $129.2 billion. <sighs> Disgusting. And the remaining amount is Branson, who I always thought was one of the richest, and he is, but he's like, his net worth like, kind of um, is is just nowhere near as impressive as Bill Gates no, and Elon Musk. Like, oh, wow, what a loser. Yeah, so what an absolute loser. <laughs> but but, but we've, so, we've, we waited to the end for the big daddy, the dragon himself, the richest man in the world, Jeffrey Preston Bezos, founder and executive chairman of Amazon, and he is worth $205 billion US dollars, making him the richest bloke in the world. And he has just made the headlines for jetting off to space they have so we've actually stuffed up our math so much because we said 400 billion and then we just said <laughs> which makes 200 billion but it's a lot you guys <laughs> maths aside they've got a lot of money and ooh, it is so so bezos is obviously the kingpin there but yes. he's got little branson along with him he's like can i hang out with you guys and they're like fine fine you can hang out with this and then when Branson was kind of put under like under a bit of pressure when they were like hey um do you reckon this is like the right thing to do with your money at the moment and he was like yes and this is his just (laughs) this is his justification and then we should probably say why this makes us so mad this is Branson said imagine a world where people of all ages all backgrounds from anywhere of any gender or any ethnicity have equal access to space. You know what? I'm down with Branson because his dream is quite beautiful and idealistic. I think he has a genuine kind of, whole, you know, genuine as you can for a quite detached billionaire, um, a genuine craving to make things like space flight accessible to the world. Elon Musk is, you know, he's he's pretty wacky. Um, he's a strange dude, an intense venture capitalist from a really wealthy family, and he kind of skews between kind of little causes and just amassing great wealth. But Bezos is a lizard. He Bezos. is icy. He has aggregated so much wealth and has no intention and has never demonstrated it along the way to contribute in any way to the greater good. This dude is he does not donate any money and in the last year since he divorced his ex-wife she has now donated and become a bit bigger philanthropist than than she than he has been in his entire career since amazon started to amass wealth i want to just drop a quote from bezos bezos sorry bezos. I, keep, I keep mispronouncing him he will he's hear probably this very sad i will he's be hearing from devastated. his people <laughs> <laughs> so, you will not be going to space claire I'm not going to space, damn it. Um, so, so he was talking to an interviewer about um, what you would do with $200 billion. And the interviewer was tossing around a few things like, and this is pre-pandemic, right? So like fucking fix the world, maybe. You could, you could cure diseases. You could end global hunger. You could eradicate 
property and he said, the only way that I can see to deploy this much financial resource is by converting my Amazon winnings into space travel. That is Mm. basically it. He wants to pour his money into leaving the world because he knows that the world is dying and he doesn't give a fucking shit. It's really grim. But all of these men have, I, 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 like, I mean, Bill Gates, he's probably the best of them. Come on. Well, he was until recently with his divorce and all the scummy things that turned out that he was doing. And I'm he was the golden saying... boy of billionaires. And now he's kind of a little bit less loved and adored. But still, his, he, Bill and Mil- he's done Melinda better Gates to the Gates ones. Foundation have donated a fucking lot of money to really remarkable causes. Yeah, I think like if you you know if you're gonna try and polish a turd, it would probably be Bill Gates. Yeah, and then the rest <laughs> he can't pour glitter on any of the other turds. So it, it is like you know he's probably one of the better ones, but still we're talking about four super rich white blokes yeah. who are like, look, we are, and it doesn't matter how they try and spin it. And like Branson, the, the quote that I used about him, he's like, hey guys, we all have, we can all one day have equal access to space. It's like. How do you think how in how do you think that that's important right now? Yeah, how do you how? think that, that is the the global priority? I mean, what, what I guess the only narrative that you can have is that if you accept that there's a dying earth, right? And you accept yeah. that like okay, we need to get out cuz our species has fucked oh, everything. And where so are you going to go? We should be investing and in going somewhere else. <laughs> have you watched the movie Wally? Um I have with my children. It's a very oh, lovely movie. Good. I was worried you watched it with yourself like Claire who cares who you watched it with that's not the question the question is have you watched it is very it is um that changes everything um no it is it's like it's it's about you know it's supposed to be in the future where the world is actually has broken and um everyone has they've created um a place for super super rich people to just sit around and get super fat and um do nothing all day just watch Mm. telly all day long which is kind of like it's you know it's a bit of a it's quite a philosophical movie. Uh, I really enjoyed that movie, but it was, you know, a narrative on this is where we're going and is this what we actually want yeah, because this is what, what we're we doing. Want. Yeah, and that's it. I guess the, the important point that you're making is like there's an element of capitalism and consumption in in what, what is happening with, you know, all these blokes going into space and trying to start companies where people pay to go into space. It's just, you know, this is there's nothing kind of um, – that really idealistic or romantic or even about saving humanity in this is just about hey how can we make more money elsewhere <laughs> mm. yeah exactly how or how do i run away from these things these poor people problems yeah i literally have to go out of out of the like away from the planet to escape these poor people problems yeah 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 yeah, and Which they're are everywhere. Not, Look at them. <laughs> exactly. But they're not even poor people problems anymore. So it yeah. used to be like, oh, you, you know, do you remember when we were growing up? It was like there was Africa, you know, and there was like the, um, you know, you could sponsor a child for a dollar a day and those ads were on. And it's like, oh, God, poverty is so bad. And I remember thinking when I was little, it is impossible for everyone to eat. Yeah. yeah. Look at these, like, of course, like it doesn't make any sense that these kids can't eat. Yeah. Um, and my nan used to always say to us when we weren't, when we didn't finish our dinner, which was very rare because we were very hungry. She said, um, there are starving kids in Africa. She would always say that. And so we'd be like, oh, we didn't really understand like the weight of that sentence, but we can't. Well, there you know, are also much... starving kids in Australia. And that yeah, well, that's it. Exactly. Everywhere. So when I was little, I understood that poverty or like the worst part of the world was in a very far continent with people who didn't look very much like me. So I understood the bad things weren't this close. Yeah. And um, there was also very, you know, if I had a dollar a day, I could fix one kid. And so I understood like this tiny solution which was not really a an actual solution you know a dollar a day from one person is not going to do all that much but as I've kind of grown like grown older I'm like oh okay and I've noticed you know there's poverty here there's actually some really worse ways to die uh man-made ways to die up in everywhere but now with coronavirus it's like it because they're all you know rich white people dying from this and losing their money if from this it's become this grand scale oh my god none of us are invincible kind of thing yeah it's not just these tiny 
We, uh, I mean, not actually wealth a- aggregation has increased for, for COVID, which is yeah. really like, you know, the, but we're talking about the top of the top, you know, the top one yeah, yeah. have become yeah. far richer during this process. It's just of course the we're going to. middle class that are fading. Yeah, people like all these businesses are going under. Um, I know there's a gym in, in Melbourne, which uh, I followed on Instagram, which was so great. Um, it looked really like. Uh, looked like it was always really thriving and mm. it had to close down because it just was shut down for six months of the past what if what is it 12 months of the year or whatever it is 18, so it's all 18, done. 18 months 18 months it's, yeah. so it's, as it's if just, they can survive everyone, that but as like if. it's it's this is you know for for our kind of community fetishization of wealth and success like these stories are easily passed over passed aside as circumstantial or you know bad luck and yet we we don't we don't openly criticize and rail against the fact that wealth aggregation by the top echelons of our community is not only normalized we, we, we're supposed to worship it so there's this really horrific um uh video which i'll put up on good shields because i found it so disturbing bill gates went on ellen of all places on ellen and um the the whole trope of the show was like he has no idea how normal people mm, live because he's so rich it's so funny so he played a game which is quite similar to remember the price is right fuck i love that game show yeah i was so bad at it um with larry <laughs> and more god it was yep. good i want to so look good. up the price is right anyway he was playing the price is right he was guessing the value of ordinary household goods things like you know the kind of mac and cheese that you chuck some milk in and chuck it in the microwave and you can eat it straight away or like pods to chuck in your dishwasher to clean your um clean your whatever you do in dishwashers not clothes <laughs> other things eating things implements that you eat of and exactly he was getting them all wildly wrong because he has not gone to a supermarket in a very long time and the audience is laughing and shortening with Ellen and it was just so bizarre because we're, we're sitting there watching this man who is so removed from ordinary life that he has no idea what a simple item costs and we're supposed to be like that is so cute we really love him he's so relatable right now and it's like no actually this is a really fucked up normalization of wealth stratification and there's massive disparity between the people sitting in the audience who would have all been kind of lower middle class Americans oh, and yeah. this guy in front of you who is taking money off you. They are all taking your money. Like this is this this is what the distribution of wealth looks like in capitalism. That the rich take from the poor because the poor are the workers and the buyers and it just makes me so angry well i guess that was like one moment in time where people who had way less money than him were able to feel a little bit smarter than him in something even though it was the grocery store you know to be like oh my gosh he doesn't even know this this is adorable look at him he's like this one of the smartest you know supposedly the smartest man one of the smartest men on earth and he doesn't know how much I dishwashing tablets man on earth, bro. you are and if only the ellen knew that she hates you. The, if, uh, <laughs> she hates you. It is like if he doesn't know what a dishwashing tablet costs. Oh my god, yeah. that is adorable. You know, when you see someone who's got so much more status than you, kind of like falling down a little bit, but in an adorable way, you are able to humanize them, and you're able to be like, oh, come on. Of course, they don't know how that works. Yeah, I do. Adorable. I would be able to help them, and that's how we're now equal. You know, it is. It's allowing people to see that they don't know absolutely everything. Because if they did know absolutely everything, we would feel even worse about ourselves. So that was a tiny flicker in time, like a little tiny slither in time, where we were like, "Oh, I know one more thing than Bill Gates." Yeah. You yeah. Know? Thank God. And- but you're right it's, it was a really but it was a gross it was a really gross experiment to yeah. be like wow why how are we applauding this yeah. and how is this a game mm. how not, is this it's, so it's, cool it's, it's, and it's just getting worse and worse right this is this is the across the pandemic you know wealth wealth inequality is is has grown and it continues to grow and the wealthy are continuing to get richer and there is poverty kind of brackets of poverty that have you know not been seen particularly in casual workers and people in insecure jobs so in australia um there's uh there's a pretty pretty there's not great income equality so the richest 10 percent of households owns almost half of australia's private wealth um the middle 
Um, so 10% owning half is pretty cooked. Um, the middle yeah. class um, own uh, of 30% have 38% of the wealth, but the lowest 60% of our population who tend to be the younger of us only own 16% of private wealth. So mm. 60% of us hold 16% and 10% of us hold almost half. It's just it's just bananas. Yeah, but it, like if you look at if you look at just like everyday stuff, you see how that works. Yeah, like of you're like, oh yeah, of course you've got heaps of money. You'd, and you, uh, you know, the, I remember working. And you would remember this, Claire, working in hospitality. Yeah, people who tipped were not the people who had money. People who tipped were the people who were like constantly apologising for being in in the way. You know, yeah. they, they yeah, would. Yeah. They've been and told every day. On kind of, you know, supplements and payments and things and and welfare and 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 we're now in a position where you know, wage growth is 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 slowing and um, we have really insecure income support with rolling lockdowns and that stratification is 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 growing. I, I just and I feel it's you know we talk about a lot of things on the podcast in terms of social justice and equality, but this is one of the things where I feel genuinely powerless because I don't I it is so broken and just so wrong. But what do we do? I mean a foundational thing would be voting out a conservative government that, you know, actively supports on focusing tax cuts and incentives for the private sector. That's um, one thing. And, <laughs> one thing tiny tiny but like in the broad like how do we burn down capitalism babe do, should we start a oh. commune should we start no. a country <laughs> yes we can i'm sure it's never been done before but <laughs> i think that they're referred to as cults but yeah, i will join it because it. cute yeah i'm totally into cult i love cults i, I seem like i love cults. yeah cults and murders god so it. so interesting to me but I, like yeah we do and i think it's that thing of like if you watch anything like the um what was it called Re- uh, housewives of melbourne i think oh, that was i, I remember watching watch that. that oh i watched it when i think when olive was a tiny baby so it was seven years ago she was and it, it was yes yeah, she was rich and a housewife it was it was she was really advanced it was uh, <laughs> no there was a um it was that gina oh it's last Ran- she was a lawyer Oh yeah, um, I, I know Gina. who you're talking about. She was um, so actually quite a good lawyer. Um, just yeah, very, she wasn't she a interesting silk? That you know, each to their own. But that's the the path that they take. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, there were heaps of filthy, filthy she's, um, yeah, filthy rich, filthy rich women. Like a lot of them had married into it. Uh, some of them had created it themselves. Some of them were born with that amount of money, but they were so rich, yeah. and their entire like all of their conversations were about how much money they had Gosh. and about trying to outdo each other. Yeah. And this was like a like um this was like a tiny like you know we t- looked at a tiny group of people but this is this was their life. Mm-hmm. And this is so if you kind of expand that, if you kind of like pan out into the wider, you know, rich community. Like you look at a suburb like Brighton where all it is is just uh, like boomers wearing cardigans over their shoulders, and that's the horrible, knot at the front. Horrible, um, oh god, that that Rebecca Judd, um, yeah, athletic brand, which is yeah. Oh, so if I, I see someone her. in that, I'm like, oh man, come on, like she's come the on, worst. come Fuck on, fuck you, Bron, show her your tit, bro. Yeah, it's <laughs> Bron, sicker. So it's <laughs> so it is like, but these, but so, but that's that's the bubble that they live in, and they they genuinely feel victimized by everything that happens like a lockdown remember beck beck jad was like dictator dan won't let us out of our mansion it's like shut up dirty <laughs> yeah, she shut up. yeah she did she did she was so but this is so like whilst i would love to be like they're all just evil it's they don't know any different they don't, uh, why like would they little who they've never been forced to a room where then they don't have the, uh, all the toys they're just yeah and even like their even their fundraiser stuff like every single comedy show has like has made like a joke about um these super rich people doing a fundraiser for something where the fundraiser raises like a lot of money but the only reason why it's making money is because all the rich people are trying to outdo each other yeah and they're and all they just like wear their special ball gown and yeah they and they're all covered more than the donation and it's exactly exactly so it is like it's all a big joke and that's why the world's gonna and die we are and that's the why we should go to space hello <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, great. I'm going to space. See you. Bye. <laughs> oh, but I'm not going to space. A good, a good, no, it's not. It's not finished. <laughs> yeah, okay. I thought you were going to finish. I was like, Claire, you are ruining it again. <laughs> God, listen. So I don't have um, – the reason why we were able to uh, record today, everyone was wondering, is because um, my son is actually at his grandparents' house, which is about 20 minutes down the road now that we live up here. And this is wonderful for a lot of reasons, but also makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Oh. And I feel uncomfortable. Is it because he drove there? <laughs> it's because – no, he hitchhiked. Claire, he can't drive. He's, he's got a thumb. He doesn't have a car. Come on. He um, he's at no uh, dropped him there this morning, and he's like. So these are Lucas's parents, and they are beside themselves with like just they just just turn into mush when he's around. They're so giddy with love for him. Beautiful. He's very cute, but they, they they treat him like he's a prince, and it's very cute. Um, but I'm always like, it's just a baby, bye. But it's they, just a baby. <laughs> yeah, but they everything he does, like they will stare at him all day. They will Aww. just that's all they do, and it's really lovely. And um, but I'm but I, I still feel weird dropping him off. Not that I feel like he's unsafe, because honestly, I'd let anyone look after him. But it is um, I feel weird accepting someone's help mm, uh, yes. and I know that you have felt the same thing Claire with your with your girls um, and so I think we are similar in this way but I'm, I'm wondering why we do it so um, yeah so so I also really struggle with seeking help and I think I think for me it's because it makes me feel really vulnerable I, I feel, feel like if I owe somebody something the relationship is going to turn bad and, mm, I, and okay. I feel a lot more comfortable giving than I do receiving mm. um and yes yeah, I've gotten better at it since becoming a single parent because you know the reality is with two children I've had to um mm. and I've gotten a bit better at it with like when I need help with you know mental health stuff or if I'm having a bit of a shit day um but broadly it still makes me deeply deeply uncomfortable and I think it's just because I don't I just from you know and this is something I have to probably get therapy for uh, who would have thought it um add it to the list babe <laughs> add it to the list um i i just I, I feel it makes me feel like yeah it makes me feel like i'm very very vulnerable mm. uh, i think um i don't i don't like it because I, I i i'm nervous about them being a burden on someone else so so like I know like I've made these three kids and they're a burden on me every day but I do feel like when I give them to someone else like if they annoy them or if they maybe do something like if they forget their manners or if they you know whinge a lot or something that I that it's a reflection on my parenting so when I pick them up I'm always like were they okay were they fine and like they they everyone always will say yeah no they're great they're fine they're fine because the olive and Edie is so easy because they're yeah, just they're easy lovely, kids lovely kids just easy kids and then there's um and but Ari like dropping him off I'm like oh god what if he cries a lot today yeah. or, you know he's only he's not even four months old yet so I'm like what if he like what if he's hard to get to sleep or what if he's this and then so I and I just know I was saying this to Lucas this morning and Lucas's parents will never ever say we don't want to look after him anymore no. um but if they ever give me like a sh- like a, a hint of them th- feel look seeming like the, t- the day was a hard day or that Ari was difficult I'll be like that's it I will just keep him myself so or if they guilt yeah like yeah I feel terrible somebody else which is also you know a form of fear of rejection mm. right because you don't oh. it's that idea that if you're if if something is hard for somebody else so then they won't you know the, the, what is the consequence like it, it, it's really really hard and it's quite it, it often comes up with children right like you are probably the one person in the world where I'm like, take my kids, I don't give a shit because I know yeah. that we've done that for each other yeah. since our babies have been born. Forever. Um, and, you know, it, it feels like, you know, family. But um, but more broadly, I mean, there's so many circumstances and instances where I look back where I would have benefited so enormously from somebody's help and have just felt like I can't ask because it's not fair. Yeah. Uh, and... 
which is a bit, which is silly because if someone asked you and you could do it, you'd be like, yeah. But if you couldn't do it, you'd be like, no, I can't do it. And just yeah. like, I feel like everyone would be like that. That's why I couldn't understand. Like, you know, I pick, uh, so there's a little boy who lives on our street up here in Brisbane who got, who's in prep as same as Edie. And he, I've got along, I got along with his parents very well. And they both work, um, they both work heaps. And I said to them, oh, like, it, it, does he go to school, after school care and before school care? And they were like, uh, yeah, he does. And I was like, well, well, how about I just, why don't you just drop him at our house in the morning and I'll we'll take him to school because I'm mm-hmm. going there anyway. Or in the afternoon, how about I pick him up? Like, just, And they're like, oh, no, we would never do that to you. It's No, no, no. And this is a five-year-old boy. Like, how hard could he possibly be? I'm like, it's it's fine. I, but they're like, oh, no, 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 we would never do that. So this little boy goes to, to before and after school care, which he loves, but they would much rather do that than ask me to take him to school. So, and, and I... I'm like, do, am I offended by that? Like, do you, are you worried that I'm going to hurt him? But it's, yeah. this, it's this thing that we go, if you can't look after your kids, you pay someone. It's You don't, there's not a the community thing anymore. That's kind of, that's kind of dwindled. And I think it's a, it's a real shame because. It is a shame that we've lost so much community in each yeah. other. Yeah. Like I, like, you know, even in, when I was in Melbourne, I would be like, oh, you know, I can pick up that kid. And like, even like Hoops is one of my dearest friends in the whole world. Be like I can pick Pen up and she'd be like, oh no, I can't do that to you. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. And I'd be like, it's like absolutely so easy having extra kids in the house for me oh for me. It's so i love it i love having extra kids because it's more entertainment like you they are so yeah. much happier with more other kids around exactly like, you can get someone else to cook dinner like the six-year-old girl who just came from down the street <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yes useful yeah. make them useful but I, exactly. I don't know what what can we I, I guess being open to being helped is very different from being open to helping and i don't think yeah it's so different of us the divide is everything huge. to help anybody right like yeah. this is how we work because i'd like the same thing like with the hoops she'd be like yeah i'll take you girls and i can pick them up and i can do this like she's yeah, most helpful she's, she's so helpful and same with you like I, I feel like everyone is so happy to take my kids but if i'm like hey i can take your kid maybe it's about me not being a very good babysitter. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, God, Bron <laughs> is smoking crack again. No. Probably no, Bron. I'm not going to leave my children with her. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I do, like, I, yeah, I wonder, and I wonder if this is, like, a problem that we face particularly, um, like, just you and I, or whether a lot of people are much, much think, better at offering help. I think there's other, other reasons that people don't ask for it. I think that it's also about surrendering control. You know, like, it's mm. like, if I ask for help, I don't, I no longer have control of the situation. I no longer have yeah. kind of, and, and, you know, that that's kind of that hardwiring of doing things by yourself and needing to be independent. And, and then surrendering control is, makes you, again, really, really vulnerable. And the other thing is, like, uh, something that I really, I really struggle with, the idea that I would be needy or that I would be, you know, like, that's annoying or, like, uh, uh, that shame yeah, okay. about needing help. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of different lenses that, um, you know, um, have, finding it difficult to ask for help comes through. But, like, you know, I, I, I just, I, I think I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to ask for it more because... That is that is what community is, right? That is what friendship is and connection exactly. is. Exactly. So just say, "Hey, I love you." You know, can you help me? Yeah, maybe, maybe don't, don't say have, "I love you" you don't first because that's a bit manipulative. <laughs> Do you love it, me? Or, it's not me. even manipulative. It's just fucking weird. <laughs> and we're like, "What?" It's really weird. Claire, we just met. <laughs> I'm just standing at the bus stop. I literally don't know who you are, but I love you. Can you please breastfeed my kids? It's. <laughs> help me we, help me now yeah but i think we should so there's another there's also other things that it's i think we normalize asking for help like hey yeah it doesn't have to be back here so hey can you drive me to pick up my car i'm just getting a service and i cannot find a way to get there every like almost everyone would prefer to catch a taxi than ask someone can you just give me a lift which is silly because i'm sure the person who wants he's like yeah i'll just drive you it's just down the road but also normalizing it's okay to say no like yeah, no i can't exactly. drive you to that Sorry, I can't. I've got like, something and, on. and just be like this is why next time yeah 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 or like i can't i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's okay fair. no actually no that's oh, i take it back that is a really, that really is fair fine. thing i actually need space for myself right now i don't i don't yeah. want to like i don't want to look after you in my life you should i don't want to yeah i don't want to sorry i don't want to record this podcast anymore i don't want to. i don't want to (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god, would have saved so many people so much time. So much time. <laughs> so you idiots, stop listening to us. But I mean, COVID uh, has made, you know, we talked about COVID a fair bit because it's this omnipresent fucking thing that lives alongside mm. all of our lives. But it's made the nature of help really different because when you're in lockdown, you can't ask for help, you know, with childminding and, you know, support in the same way. I mean, there's something really, and I, I, I you know, I do, I, do, I do this with you quite comfortably. Like, I'm having a bit of a tough day. Can we have a FaceTime tonight and have a wine? Like, that is help. Yeah. Company is help. Yeah. Except if it's bronze. <laughs> it's never helpful. I will, no. no, I can't believe no one asks me for advice because I'm always like, shh, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm too busy. I will not help you. The but- six-year-old down the road is making me dinner. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a fine balance, I think, between boundaries and, you know, and help. And I think that, you know, sometimes, especially if you're, you know, anxious, it's really hard to hold boundaries when people are asking for help, Um, especially when, you know, the line between our work lives and our private lives are blurring and we have way more time in our phones and all these things are making kind of our day-to-day emotionally quite exhausting and so putting aside time for self-care is really important we talked about this before as well and how you and I couldn't really identify the ways that we had self-care which is worrying um Mm. but it is an act of self-care to be like no I actually just need space today to to um to to watch um to watch um the bachelor and weep into my chardonnay so never fine. watch the bachelor see this is why this is why we're different stop watching the bachelor you have you started watching it i have not started watching it don't watch it to me last night she's like oh my god are you watching the bachelor and i don't i, just said, I don't know i just i need something to do bro <laughs> There's loads of other things. Do you know how many shows there are on the telly? Do not watch so that many. one. I've watched all of them. I've been locked down oh, for yeah. six months. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're right. Get binge. Have you got binge? I've got binge. I've got all oh, of shit, them. Oh, shit. You've got. Yeah, you are really good. We'll get ABC Kids. It's got heaps. <laughs> Just watch Bluey's a fucking banger. It's about uh, your emotional level right now, TBH. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where you're at, girl. Exactly. Choose the. Choose a triangle window, Claire. It's always the best. But capping it is. Off, capping off the, the, I really actually want to pick up that self-care conversation again because we have half of Australia in lockdown, which is approximately all of our listeners in yeah. Australia listening mm. to us. Millions That's of That's right. Hey, guys. Um, what, since our last conversation, Brum, what have you discovered are your self-care mechanisms? Literally none. I don't know. I don't know any. Yeah, I don't know any of them. Claire, uh, oh oh, no, I changed mine. So um, we don't have a bath in our house here, and I used to love having a bath. You love bath. I absolutely love bath. When I was pregnant with Ari, I had like two baths a day. It made Lucas very angry, and I would. um, But in this house that we're in now, this in Brizzy doesn't have a bath. Outrageous. But Ari, because he is a baby, needs a bath. And so he has like one of those Ikea plastic baths that mm. we just put on top of the washing machine. And I used to stand and give him a bath. But I realized that our stools are tall enough for me to drag a stool in and I can sit next to him. So that's my self-care. <laughs> Isn't that depressing? That Saying it out loud makes me so when sad. You say it out loud, I'm like, oh. Oh, God. Like, I was like, this is fucking genius. I was sitting there looking at Ari and I was like, you're so jealous of me now, you stupid baby. <laughs> you He's dumb like, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> look at my Jeez. stool. Look at you. <laughs> He's like, look at my stool. <laughs> and then I clean the shit out of the bar. <laughs> exactly. This is a great day. Self-care. You definitely win. Um, what about you? What's your self-care? Oh, I feel like I've I've really been focusing on it recently to kind of uphold mental health while there's, you know, outbreaks and, you know, Melbourne's just in this cycle of loneliness. Um, I meditate a lot, which I'm I really love and I know that you think it's silly and that I'm No, I don't think it's silly. But um but um I just I find it really, really helpful and calming and centering. I um I work I work out, that's self care. Like I feel really good when I work out. I stretch a lot. Um it's all kind of physical and mental kind of well being stuff, which is good. And I do it every day, which is good. So I have self care turns out. I take care of myself. Yeah. Good on you. I had uh, we've had a few people reach out to us since um since we had that that episode and it was so one i know one of my favorite ones was um one of our listeners jess she said hey i 
thought about self-care she's got a little baby as well and she was like and I worried that I didn't wasn't you know practicing it and then I noticed that my house has I've had a new addiction to like indoor plants and so she tend like she will collect these indoor plants and she'll tend to them and she like it's this this really beautiful experience of her tending to something that Aww. is giving her something back you know because kids are so um rewarding and then um back. they did exactly. not grow beautiful unfolding no. leaves like little shit that's shits. right and then like when it rains she'll take them outside yeah. and she'll like watch them get all this beautiful rain on them and then she'll put them back and decorate her house and so she's constantly surrounded by these beautiful things that she has helped create and thrive thrive and i loved that part of self-care because i was like i also love indoor plants as they like does so, every rich white woman so gentle and and slowing about like every day watching a new leaf unfold and it's really like it's just it's so lovely and satisfying and that that is you're right that is a beautiful act of self-care loving yes i'm gonna take on jess yeah I know, but is that, are we scraping the barrel? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's just, so there's this, um, and, and, and we've been talking for a long time. It's, it's amazing. So um, I have went through a stage of listening to a lot of podcasts by this guy, Tim Ferriss, and he is a self-made multimillionaire and he has all these podcasts about where he, he interviews other kind of rich, successful people and talks about their daily routines and stuff. And he has, he's, he's basically a lifestyle guru as well as an entrepreneur and he has all of these things in his kind of repertoire helps him sell books helps him sell his podcast about what your day should look like in terms of optimization of self-care and i find it really fascinating because tim ferris is one of those guys who like all the white blokes listen to they all listen to his stuff and it's and it's this really intense um kind of culty worship of like structuring your day around yourself which I have a lot of problems with and always kind of investing your time and your thoughts into yourself and which is probably going to make you pretty depressed (laughs) definitely the more I think about myself the sadder I am but um his whole thing is like and there's another guy Jocko Jocko I think it's Jocko Wododo um he's 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 got the same kind of empire and they're like start the day at 4am and then meditate and journal and then you know eat these really intense supplements and work out and do like a cryo freeze and um then like journal your intentions and like the entire day is like that it's like all day long optimize yourself take care of yourself and it is such a man a man thing (laughs) and i I reached a point where i was like no this is actually trash where are your friends exactly who do you love like someone who's got no friends (laughs) okay so Dojo Dodo will not be someone who we are going to promote, Claire. <laughs> okay. So stop promoting him. Yes, had enough. no more Tim Ferriss. You were cancelled yeah. from the podcast. So if anyone does, like, send them in, like, flick them in through our way. We are very active on Instagram, as you will all know. And we do love hearing your feedback. We love when you guys contact us and say, this is what's important, or this is how I practice self-care, or this is how you've offended me. They're my favourite. I love, so, yeah, I love the yeah. learning ones. And they're quite often. They'll be like, we get called out all the time, which is great yeah. because we're pieces of shit. Yeah, exactly. And we've always said we are nuns we have- and we vote liberal. So we, <laughs> so that's always. why we care. That's why we care about you. <laughs> All right. We have been good shielders. We, we will see each other very soon. Maybe we will, if we ever get to see each other. Can you believe it got cancelled again twice? Oh, my God. Oh my God it's five times. Gonna cry. Uh, but anyway. the second that Queensland border comes down, I'm coming for you. The... <laughs> No. Anastasia Palaszczuk, she come in. All right. All right. We've been good shields. We love you. Love you. Bye.